So we're going to start at verse 2 of chapter 1. Verse 1 just tells you about the kings that Hosea was, was serving under. But, and I want you to listen to this, okay? When the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, so this is how God starts his, his original conversation with Hosea. Hosea is a prophet of God. Check it out. This is what God says in his opening one-liner greeting to Hosea. Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry. By departing from the Lord, so he went. No arguing. No telling God what his track record was. So he went and took Gomer. And if you're struggling with this book and you're wondering if that's private first class pile, it's not. He went and took Gomer. Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. Now, let me stop for a minute and tell you. You think this is an Old Testament book about a story of a man of God marrying a prostitute, and you're right. But friends, what I'm sharing with you today is not only something that happened but this is also prophetic about something that is yet to happen. The valley of Jezreel, as noted in verse 5 here, is also the valley of Megiddo, which is where the battle of Armageddon will take place at the end of tribulation. So when I say, and you, and you read along with me, that day, that's the day we're talking about. But there's not only prophecy that we're reading here today, but there's also a pure, beautiful picture of the love and the mercy, the grace of God and Calvary's cross. And what lengths God will go to to show you that and give you that, but also what God will require us to do at times that we have no clue whatsoever why he would ask us to do these things. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. If you need to flip over, I believe, Revelation 16 and 16, you can read that passage about the battle of Armageddon. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. Then God said to him, Call her name 
Lo Ruhamah. And see, I was very familiar with Lo Ruhamah. And so when God said that to me, I knew that he was taking me to Hosea 1. For I will, and this is what this means, when it's followed up by a name and it's an explanation, this is what her name means. For I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. They'll be scattered. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah. And I will save them by the Lord their God and will not save them by bow, nor by sword or battle, by horses or horsemen. Now, when she had weaned Loruhamah, she conceived and bore a son, their third child, and then God said, call his name Loamai. For you are not my people, and I will not be your God. And ending on verse 10, Yet the number of the children, even though God's going to do all of this, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in that place where it was said to them, You are not my people. There it shall be said to them, You are the sons of the living God. And then you can keep on reading. In fact, you can read all the way through this book. And let me just tell you quickly what you will find out. You will read about a man who actually served God and spoke for God, but God asked him, and we don't know why, except for that God loved his people Israel so much that he would do the, the most unthinkable thing you could possibly conjure up in your mind to try to gather them people. You see, Israel, and I'll get to the rest of the book, but Israel had forsaken God. They had chased other gods. They had many lovers. That's why he told Hosea to go find a woman of harlotry because every time people would see this man of God with this harlot, they would know that she represented that group of people because they lived a foul way, made pathetic choices, had affair after affair. They could be bought for any price, and they would perform for any price. God's people would. And God asked this man, he says, I want you to go get her and when you walk through town, it's going to be a constant reminder of what my people have done to me. And when they see you and when they see her, even apart from you, it's going to remind them just how far away they are from me. But I'm going to use you, Hosea. I'm going to use you to display my love and how it cannot be explained, it can't be defined, but I'm going to use you to take her and even when she wanders off with three children at home and she goes out and like the dog returning to his vomit and she goes and she chases after men with money and she does the things that that type of person will do, I'm going to use you to show people just how much I love them even after they've transgressed and done the unthinkable. And I can't imagine this. But when you say, God, I'm a vessel, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do for your glory, 
many, many, many times God will say, okay, I really appreciate you being that open. And I've been praying this prayer for months for this church and for you. But I've been praying it for myself as well. And when God said, and again, if the devil is trying to make you think I'm, I, I'm trying to get sympathy, sympathy today, you need to rebuke him. Because he will use that as a plot and a ploy to get your mind off of, off of what God is really saying. Because see, for the next six or so weeks, I'm going to be wearing this thing right here. And God wanted me to share this message with you today so that you can ask the question to yourself, where am I with you, God? Am I far away from you right now? Or am I about the Father's business? Am I still trying to fulfill the lust of my flesh? Am I still just trying to build up my world and my empire? Or God, do I wake up wondering who I can give an act of kindness card to today? Do I wake up every day of my life wondering what I can do next for you, God? Lord, am I seeking you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Am I doing that? And, and every time you walk in this church or you walk over to that campus and you see me with this, don't think about me. Don't think about shoulder surgery, what you were to think about. This is a low Ruhama. This is a low Amy. This is a Jezreel. This is a Gomer situation right here. And God wants you to evaluate and say, Lord, where am I today? We had a great altar service last week, but church, bad news. That was last Sunday. This is this Sunday. How many of you have needed a little bit more God since last Sunday? Hallelujah. I know I have. It was good, and it was great, but I've been cut on this week. I've been laughed at by the devil this week. I need a little bit more this week. That was good, and I need to say, God, what do I need to do this week? How much do I need to do? What do I need to pray for? And we're not trying to earn any brownie points here with God. We already have all those in Jesus Christ. And God says every time you look over the next six or so many weeks this needs to be a reminder to you that God's asking His people today. And see this is nothing compared to what He asked that man to do. See this will get better. He's promised me that it'll be better. You will be able to rest it. But see that man was marked. That was the rest of his life marked by a life of a harlot, raising three children almost like a single-parent environment, and being mocked, laughed at in his town, probably being a question about the authority of God speaking to him because of the choice he made. And let me just tell you something, that when God tells you to do many things in your walk, it will never make sense. I know I've been saying that here for the past few months, but I need to reiterate this because the first thing is you want to say, God, but what about this I've done? And other people will do like they did Job and say, well, you must be doing something wrong. Hey, listen, a lot of times when God rewards you with a hurt or God rewards you by asking you to do something unthinkable like marry someone like that, God's actually rewarding you because he's allowing you to be used by him to reach and compel his people and bring them back from their wayward ways. God said he is coming back real soon. Now I will say this. 
It goes without saying that in a local way, in a dream team way, in a growth track way, I'm very limited. I'm very limited right now. And I'm not limited in my mind. And we've had people in this church, Billy, some other people have had this same exact surgery. And some people's had more serious surgery than this with shoulders and, and other things like that. But the real risk is you forgetting that you're in a healing process and you're messing up and having to do it all over again. And I'm limited. And this is not, well, there's not a good time of year to be limited. Never a good time of year. But see, I roll when it's cold, y'all. I'm a fair-skinned honky. I don't do heat. I'm a cold-weathered man. And not only am I doing this right now, I'm doing it in the worst time of the year. And you know, one of the hardest things to do is when I walk by that little nine-month-old piece of joy and them two arms reach out to grab you, to pick you up, because he don't understand. And you have to have help. And I'm not doing sympathy here, but I'm really going somewhere. And you realize, well, I can't do what I just did Tuesday. You've got to understand, there comes a time when God's working in your life when you're going to understand that you are a soldier working for the general, the commander-in-chief. You're fulfilling a list of things that he wants you to do. And it's just too bad for your flesh. I'm not here to serve me. I'm not here to, to do what I want to do. I traded and gave all that up when I gave him my rotten sins, when I said, I want to go to heaven and I don't want to go to hell. I traded all that. I gave it up. I'm all right, baby. I was wanted to stay still today. But I'm Jeremiah, you know. It's fire. It's in your bones. You messed up, cut on bones. It's in there. And the Lord says, you know, you're going to be limited, but there's going to be people that's going to understand now's not the time to sit back and watch it be done. Now's the time to get up and get it done. Barbara talked about LOL and all that the other night. We've got all kinds of things. I said what I did about the school, about the youth, about children last week. And God's reminded me this week because the devil certainly has reminded me this week Oh, you said all that super spiritual stuff, and now look, you one arm down, you good arm, you can't do anything. And God says, it's not for you to do. There's a whole church of people to make that happen if they're really going to heaven. So God said, you don't need your right arm. The people at multitudes is your right arm. The people that was in growth track this morning, the people that's wearing a today I'll make a difference are the people that's going to make a difference today. That's the right arm, Opie. I had to strap you down for three or four months 
because I don't want you in the way right now. As long as you are there with your right arm, they can't be the right arm. I'm just telling you straight from heaven. And then God said, let me prove that to you. So I'm not trying to get you to do stuff for me. Look, it'll get done, man. Or if it don't get done, it what's supposed to get done. But the Lord showed me the, the story of Stephen in the seventh chapter of Acts, I believe it is. And Stephen, he was being stoned for doing what God told him to do. That's it. You see, when you walk this straight and narrow, and few there be that find it, by the way, when you walk the straight and narrow, you, you go take a, a harlot as a wife, you do whatever God tells you to do, whether it's build an ark or give your son, your only son, or go and witness to somebody. Let me tell you something. You're going to be on a narrow road, and it's not going to be crowded. And you're not going to be able to explain it to your spouse, your co-workers, your family members. Hey, you won't even be able to explain it to fellow church members. You won't even be able to explain it to other people that's sitting in a church service like you are right now. Oh, and to boot right now, you know, I'm having to do all this other stuff, and it's not about me. But when I thought I was good and on my way, I was doing this little back arch exercise. You got to do 20 of them four times a day. And I'm not lying to you. There is a muscle that I learned since about 4 o'clock yesterday that goes from behind your ear down your neck right there. Mine popped or got strained or pulled or something. And it's worse than everything I've gone through since Wednesday. And I can, I can do this right here. I can turn, and that's only because the Holy Ghost touched me. That's the only reason why. So, so it's not over. And the Lord's had to remind me, I meant what I told you. I, I wasn't just giving you sermon material. I am about to come back, son, and people's got to finish the work. You do have 30,000 people. You do need to reach children. You do need to have a massive youth ministry in this church, in this county right here. You do have the people. You have all the talent you could ever need. You've got the property. You've got the know-how. You've got my word. I've been trying to give y'all the baptism of the Holy Ghost on a weekly basis. You've got my fire. You've got my gifts. You've got my power. You've got my resources. I've got everything that you need to do what I need you to do before I come back and somebody's going to get left. So like Stephen, when you're doing this, you're doing crazy things, whether it's revitalizing a part of that property or if it's sold tomorrow and God says, no, do it there or somewhere. I don't know. I don't have details about things God is telling us to do. I just know that he's about to return. And when you're doing the right thing, you'll get stoned. It might be stoned by other people, but you may get stoned in your flesh. But don't kick against the pricks. Don't, don't argue with God, and this is what happened. Even though he was getting stoned, the Bible says, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, and this is what he saw. 
He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, multitudes, church, you, Jesus, is the head of the body. Read 1 Corinthians 12. Paul will help you out on this. But you are the body and Jesus lives inside of you. You are serving a Jesus that's standing at the right hand of God. And God let me know this week that not only are they the right hand of you locally, they are my right hand because Jesus went away, he said, and I'm going to go away, but I'm going to live inside of you, and it's expedient for you that I go away so I can give you all the fuel and the power you need to do this with, and then you'll be able to go out here and be my hand, my right hand, you'll be able to be my feet, my legs, my limbs, and everything. So see, God says, church, because Jesus lives in you and Jesus is standing at my right hand, you are literally my right hand here on earth. You are the right hand of God on this earth. Now this is what happens, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting through, kind of. Imagine this. I could go up here, not like any of the musicians, but I could go up there to that keyboard and with my left hand, I could start playing the keyboard. It's not going to sound, it's not going to sound good anyway. Let's just get that out of the way. Two, one hand or nine hands, it's not going to sound good. But I could go up there and start playing. But when I add the right hand to it, then what sounds like messed up chopsticks all of a sudden is a halfway singable song. And see, when the right hand is not working, when the right hand is not compelling, when the right hand is not praying, when the right hand is not giving, when the right hand is not fasting, when the right hand is not in growth track or on a dream team serving or out here ushers or parking or security or a camera, when the right hand is not working, it doesn't work out and it doesn't sound near as good as it's supposed to. Jesus is standing at the right hand, but he left me and you down here on this earth. In church, there's a reason why this message keeps popping up at this church. Not a single one of you in here, I don't care how young you are. We, we, Shelby, the other week, I told you this. I watched her checking in and Nathan and Sarah, different ones. Listen, I'm glad that we've got young people here that are not waiting till they get 60 and retired to figure out that's when it's okay to start doing something for Jesus. I thank God that children want to do something right now and if they want to do it at this church, they're going to do it at this church right here because the Lord says, suffer the ch little children to come unto me. Because adults come to me and all they want is me to give to them. But let the children come unto me because all they want to do is give to me. So let me, let me just tell you, let, let, me, let me tell you, right hand, we, I'm talking to all of us now. This is why we've got to pray tonight. Because we want to be able to hear the Lord 
Because if we can't hear the Lord, you know whose voice we're going to hear? It's not the devil. You're going to hear your own voice. And, and you're going to do what you want to do. You're going to try to make people happy. You're going to try to make your family happy. You're going to try to make your flesh happy. And see, God, God says, listen, I've left you here, and you're not going to be here much longer. Those of you that have got your, we used to say you've got your bags packed and you're ready to go, you are still alive for a right-handed reason. And God's tired of being crippled, church. God's tired of getting things done with one hand. God's tired of trying to reach your family with just one hand. God's tired of trying to get the work done, not just in multitudes, but churches everywhere. And casting crowns, they, they were made popular as a southern God. Uh, not good night. People would cuss if they heard me say that. But as a Christian group, they were made, they were made popular and really discovered and liked by, by one song. And some of you know it. If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why aren't his hands reaching? Why, why, if we are the body of Christ, Jesus is the head, but we are the right hand, we are the body, then why is it not happening? So the Lord says, every time you look, just, just, do, just do an evaluation. Am I giving? Am I paying my tithe? Am I crippling the church financially? Am I too tired to come to prayer? And see, I'm not going to indulge in this. But my wife will tell you, I have had one halfway decent night of sleep since, when, since Tuesday, really. But you cannot keep me away from this altar at 6 o'clock in the night. And I was here at 7 o'clock this morning. So I, I'm tired with you, hurting with you. I, I'm with you. But see... I'm tired of this mentality that we've, we've allowed Satan to give us as the body. God, we want all these things, but we don't want it to cost us one thing. We don't want to have to come back. We don't want to have to give any extra. We, God knows we, don't, we hope you don't do fasting this year. We're going to do fasting this year. We're going to fast, and we're going to pray and fast. So I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But we ain't going to just fast this year. We're going to pray this year. Somebody will come pray with me. Somebody, somebody don't want their husband to go to hell. Somebody wants their child off of drugs. Somebody wants their parents' marriage back together. Somebody wants the mess to stop at school for their children. Somebody is tired of the doctor's visits. Somebody's tired of just not being able to get any rest or any peace of mind. Somebody's desperate inside of this church. Somebody's ready to be the right hand. And I'll do what I need to do, Lord. If I've been robbing you with my tithe, I'm, I'm quitting that mess. I can't, I can't afford to be cursed right now. I, I, I haven't been praying. I pray over my food. I haven't been reading my Bible. But I, I'm through with all that. And today, I want you to stand right now if you would. God wants to do something in your life. He may not, and he probably will never ask you to marry someone for a reason 
like you did Hosea? There's a good reason he'll, he may never ask or, or, or tell you, no, I'm not going to answer that prayer that way. But he's promised to do this. And I want everybody to look at me when I tell you this. This is what God has promised each and every one of you in this building right here. He's promised that he that has begun a good work inside of you is faithful to complete it. That's what he's promised to do. It doesn't matter what your story is, and it really doesn't even matter to God what your scars look like. God wants you to know you're his right-hand man. You're his right-hand woman. He wants us to know we're his right-hand church. And he's ready. He's calling us for service. He's calling us for duty. He's calling us deep, calling us to deep. He's, we're not scared of the deeper things of God. We're not scared to pray and lay hands on the sick and see them healed. We're not scared to lay our hands on people that's oppressed by the devil and call him out by name and cast him out. We're not scared to speak to the things that are not as though they are. We're not scared and God knows that. God is ready for us to be his right hand, church. And I just want you to know today, this could be the day when you walk out of this church. There's an old song that we learned or heard a lot growing up. It's remind me, Lord. And I'm not going to get all the lyrics right, but it says, show me. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remind me, Lord. Roll back the curtain of memories now and then. I, I'm not the man I used to be. So, so remind me, Lord. Remind me, dear Lord. And So for the next few weeks, God's wanting to remind us of what He's wanting to do in our life and in our church. You know, we want to give 25 souls to Jesus to Christmas. We've probably got about a half a dozen. And it's not too late. This hadn't been on my mind, but as soon as I locked eyes with Kenley, God said, I want you to do this. I want every high school, college age, first of all, I, I want every high school student just, just to come up here. I'm not going to do anything weird to you. I promise you. I'm not going to. I just want you to come up here because we got to start somewhere. And I want Eric and Nikki to walk up here too.